With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast. It is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly here, welcoming you back to the show this week. And uh, well, it's the holidays. Guys, I have to admit, I'm really excited. I've got about uh, a little over a week left until uh, I get about two weeks uh, off over the Christmas and New Year a holiday break here. I'm really looking forward to it. I know there's still a long ways to go, but it's been a it, it's been a while since I've had a break and a, and a rest. And I'm just uh, looking forward to kicking back, enjoying all the fun things that the season season has uh, to offer and also just getting a little bit of R&R, catching up on the pile of books that I got piled up here, catch up on some Netflix and, you know, good stuff like that, catch up with friends and family, uh, really looking forward to. But crazy is the name uh, of the game at this time of year. I mean, for example, we had two stu- school concerts to attend to this night. It was one and then as soon as uh, that was over, straight on to the other one. But uh, that's part of the fun of uh, the, the holiday season. So I hope wherever you are that uh, you're having a good one as well. And uh, it's going to get uh, a lot busier and a lot crazier uh, as uh, as the days pass here, you know, including tomorrow night. It's an office party for, for us at work, and that's always a, a good time. And then uh, next week, not going to be so much fun because our clients always get a little bit crazy trying to get everything in uh, before the uh, the end of the year, even though most of uh, the government agencies and regulatory bodies that we deal with or I deal with in my professional life, they all shut down and things don't really get going again. Well, they don't get going again until the, the new year. So, well, their, their wishes are in command and uh, they, they pay us to do what we do. So I don't mind so much. It just uh, can make a, an extra, you know, what's already a, a hectic season season extra hectic but anyhow it is what it is but surprisingly you know there is still a lot of uh, of news out there in the formula 1 world i mean usually it's it really starts to it's like dropping off the edge of a, prepis- a precipice uh, once you get to uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. I mean, there's always usually a little bit uh, coming out uh, the, the, the first week or so afterwards, uh, but we, we had testing as, you know, they've had postseason uh, testing at Abu Dhabi for the past uh, several years, but still a lot of things uh, going on. I mean, the, the 2021 drivers uh, market, the, the silly season has already begun in earnest. Lots of talk still. I mean, we, we talked about it uh, in depth uh, last week, though, the whole possibility of uh, Verstappen to Ferrari or if Hamilton to, to Ferrari and Vettel anywhere, but Mercedes or Ferrari and, uh, you know, all sorts of different things, or perhaps Seb goes back to uh, uh, Ferrari for a reduced uh, price, or I guess it's not a hometown discount, but you know what I mean. But still uh, plenty of uh, plenty of news items out there, so we're, we're going to dive right into it, which is great because at this time of year, I sometimes struggle a little bit uh, for, for content, and, you know, I like to keep the, the, the show going around all year long, especially more so in the off-season uh, between... Abu Dhabi and uh, and the Australian Grand Prix at the beginning of March because 
I mean, Formula One is, uh, it's our passion, right? I mean, everybody listening to this podcast uh, d- does so for a reason, and that's because we can't get enough of Formula One watching it, listening to it, reading about it, talking about it, tweeting about it, uh, whatever wh- whatever your fix is. It, uh, it, it's always, uh, it's a tough time of year to get through. I mean, uh, as much as I enjoy the, the, the winter for not only the holiday season, but I enjoy skiing and all sorts of different things. I mean, hockey season's on, and the, this is always a great time of year so i enjoy it but it's not having formula one or at least not having formula one in the competitive sense tends to leave a a very big gap in uh in the the entertainment part of my life so anytime that uh, i can find something to to chat about then that is obviously more than welcome i know more than one of you out there in uh listening to this uh, show right now uh, can can agree with that sentiment uh i guess how hardcore of a formula one nerd we are might uh, dictate uh, how how much of a a struggle the next uh, three months is going to be? But I guess uh, now I haven't checked exactly the countdown calendar, but I know last week it was just over a hundred days, so I think we're down into double digits. So that's uh, th- that's progress. Let's just put it that way. But uh, anyways, let's start off with the news. And Ferrari said that they're flattered that Lewis Hamilton quote wants to join us, and that comes uh, from Ferrari CEO Lewis Camilleri, and uh, he says that uh, Hamilton's meeting with Chairman John Elkman has been blown out of proportion. But uh, he did indicate, and he did say that uh, the, that Hamilton has a little bit of interest in the move. Now I don't know if this is kind of like the dumb and dumber thing with uh, you know uh, that. So you know you're saying there's a chance when uh, Mary says to Lloyd, you know it's more like one in a million. I'm kind of wondering if uh, th- that's kind of the same sort of thing. I'm not completely ruling Hamilton to fr- Ferrari out. I would just. I just can't see it. I, 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 I mean, I can envision that uh, th- that scenario, but my more logical side says that's that that Hamilton's going to re-sign with uh, Mercedes. I mean, why give up a, a good thing unless? You know, he he figures he still has a world championship in it, and uh, at this point in his his career, he still uh, relishes a challenge and would be up uh, for trying uh, to to do that uh, at uh, Ferrari. Of course, it would have a, a lot to to do with uh, what uh, what they could uh, really deliver in terms of a, a championship caliber car, uh, not just uh, this year but uh, the next year as well. And um, I, I think that's going to well, obviously this year's over, but next year. I mean, this year wasn't really the best advertisement. If uh, you're looking to try and get a, a top-level driver into your team, I mean they've already got a, a couple of very good drivers. I know Vettel's had uh, obviously his struggles over the past uh, couple of seasons, but uh, I mean he is a four-time world champion, and um, I, I mean that's uh, they, they got another guy in Charles Leclerc who has all the makings of a Formula One uh, world champion. So I, I mean from that point of view, I mean I don't think that they'll ever have any uh, trouble attracting top-level talent to Ferrari. I mean they are the most storied mark in the entire world. I mean, uh, anybody that thinks of uh, racing cars and, and, and luxury sports cars or luxury cars of any kind, I mean, Ferrari is always going to be, I, I think, the top name that is going to roll off the, the majority of post, uh, most people's tongues when, whenever that question is uh, put to them. I mean, I know there's uh, plenty of uh, fantastic uh, different uh, car manufacturers out there, especially uh, when it comes to racing and luxury cars and all that, but Ferrari does kind of stand... A little bit apart from from everyone else. I mean, considering their history, both on and off the track, and just the iconic stature that they have. But yeah, it, it still is an interesting one, and I've thought about it at length over the past uh, week since uh, this story has kind of been building up a little bit of a head of steam. And you know, I 
I think that uh, that, that there is a little bit uh, some of it, but I had a very nice email from uh, Richard LeBlanc, who's a good friend of the show, and uh, he wrote a wonderful long email. So thank you very much uh, for that, Richard. I mean, basically, I have an entire show outline here. I mean, there's so much uh, wonderful things uh, in here and lots of good points. Anyways, uh, Richard uh, weighed in and had uh, this to say about uh, Hamilton to, to Ferrari. And I quote, Do you not think that this is just a very transparent bargaining tactic to set the stage for Hamilton's possibly last F1 contract with Mercedes? Unless Hamilton's camp raises the specter of losing him to Ferrari, the only viable contender, Hamilton has little bargaining position with Mercedes going into contracts. I see this rumor as a tactical necessity, but in reality, there is only an, uh, an infinitesimally small likelihood of Hamilton going to Ferrari as he that would then completely derail the probability of equally and possibly surpassing Schumacher's seven world championships. And I think those are a couple of very, very good points that, uh, that Richard makes in, uh, in, in, in that uh, line of thought there. And I think that uh, by and large, it could be a, uh, a bargaining tactic. I mean, as much as he's kind of interested and kind of dropped some, I wouldn't say outright hints, but I mean, some subtle hints that, uh, that he would be uh, open to, to going to, to, to Ferrari. I mean, I, I would think that the meetings uh, with uh, Elkman are legit. I mean, I don't think that uh, Ferrari would gain anything by spreading uh, fake news, uh, obviously. So, I mean, we can take that as uh, as fact at, uh, at this point. But I think that uh, it could be, as Richard says, a very transparent bargaining tactic. Uh, I, I think maybe that is one of the things that uh, that he has at this point uh, is, uh, you know, that uh, he could go somewhere else. And logically, the only other team that could afford that kind of money would be Ferrari who, like Mercedes, have very deep pockets and uh, lots of money to work with. I mean, Red Bull is an interesting one, but I mean, I, I couldn't really see that or any other team unless somebody was able to somehow amass so much sponsorship money or whatever from their their investors to able to land Hamilton. But I mean, the, the, the thing is, I mean, Hamilton said a couple of uh, weeks ago or a month or two ago, something about the story or his story in Formula One hasn't been uh, completely finished or written. I can't remember his exact uh, line there, but it was something to that effect. I mean, you have to think that now that he is so close to Michael Schumacher's records, I mean, he's already passed him in, in many categories, uh, but the seven world championships, that that's the big one, right? So, I mean, he has the opportunity to, to equal Michael's record uh, this year. And I mean, like I was saying, uh, I think I say, I say this each and every week. I mean, it seems uh, <clears throat> like the time that uh, Hamilton went from a quadruple world champion to a six-time world champion seems like it passed in a blink of an eye. When at four world championships, it still was kind of like, I don't know. It seems like it would be a real feat for him to pull it off. But now here we are less than two years later. I mean, going into the start of the 2020 season, uh, that uh, this is a realistic thing that could happen this year as, uh, as, as he homes in on this. And it is a, a realistic possibility. But the big question is, where does he have the best shot to win championships and win races with on a consistent and, and regular basis? And the answer is Mercedes. And he's proven that over the past uh, several years. And obviously with all the races and championships uh, he's won. However, if uh, Ferrari is able to get their act together and is able to build a, a, a car that uh, could deliver a world championship, you would have to think that going into 2021 could be an attractive opportunity for Lewis Hamilton. Because if he wins the world championship again in uh, in 2020, then he equals Michael's uh, record at seven. And then if he was to switch to Ferrari for 2021, assuming they have a, a championship caliber car, then he could potentially become the number one guy 
uh, at Ferrari, driving a Ferrari and beating the guy that won so many championships with Ferrari and uh, and and was won that seventh world championship as a Ferrari driver, and you just have to think that that would be an an attractive uh, opportunity for anyone. So whether or not uh, that that happens, I just don't think that Lewis is really in a rush to do it. I think that uh, maybe he sits back, maybe plays it cool, sees how the season plays out, and then I think maybe uh, depending on on how that goes, I, I think that if maybe he. He gets the world championship, then I think there's more possibility that he goes to, to Ferrari. But I think that if maybe this year things don't go quite as well with the Mercedes, well, not that things aren't going to go well, but say Ferrari gets it right this year and say we see Vettel or Leclerc as a world championship or perhaps even uh, Honda and Red Bull find, uh, you know, lightning in a, in, in, in a bottle and are able to win a world championship. Any plenty more to talk about. Anyways, uh, I just want to take a quick break away from the show here just to talk about our good friends at uh, Vivid Seats and And uh, of course, Christmas is coming up just around the corner in under two weeks now. And if you're looking for a gift for the sports fan in your life uh, this holiday season, don't forget to to check out Vivid Seats because they are the top source for tickets and the events uh, that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back, and that's called Vivid Seats Rewards. So go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the uh, Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. And uh, also, this is really cool. Every purchase is packed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. So download the amp and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And remember, at checkout for uh, new users, enter in my special promo code OVERTIME at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. And remember, use my special promo code OVERTIME at checkout and you can receive a discount of up to $100 for first-time buyers. All right, well, uh, moving along, we're going to get away, uh, well, not really, <laughs> we're going to still stick on this one, but uh, Hamilton uh, said that uh, now that there's been the, the talk about him possibly moving on after next year, he's saying that a lot of his rivals, or all his rivals, have been calling uh, Mercedes uh, boss Total Wolf about uh, his seat uh, at uh, Mercedes, and, and who wouldn't, right? I mean, that is the best team with the best car, or they've had the best car uh, most of the time over the past uh, several years. So if you want a a really good shot to win a world championship, you just have to think that that is just that much better if you're in a Mercedes. And uh, there's only two guys that have been able to do that over the past uh, several years. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton has won a bucket load of championships since 2014. And uh, Nico Rosberg even uh, managed to sneak one in there in, in 2016, which seems like a long time ago now. I mean, it's uh, three years ago, but that really does seem like uh, ancient uh, ancient history. Anyways, um, one, one name that uh, is thrown out there is uh, Fernando Alonso. We talked about him uh, last week, and uh, he said that uh, that he's interested in coming back to Formula One. And, uh, well, I, he did say when he uh, left Formula One at the end of uh, last year to pursue other things like uh, Le Mans and World Endurance Championships and uh, Indy and all these different things that uh, he's been doing away from Formula One that uh, he would be interested to come back. He didn't uh, close the door and say, you know, that's it, I'm done done with Formula One. It was very much, uh, he was taking a wait and see approach. And uh, one of the things he did say was that uh, that he wanted to see how the new regulations and the new cars were going to shake out and that whole process. So I guess, uh, obviously, uh, it meets Fernando's uh, approval. So that's one name uh, that that's out there. I mean, uh, even though he will be, I think, 39 this year, um, without uh, checking my notes here. Anyways, he would be, I, I think, uh, he would be 
39 going on 40 in 2021. But the thing is, uh, age doesn't really seem to matter in pro sports anymore. I mean, look at the NFL. I mean, Tom Brady, he must be, what, about 54 right now? <laughs> that guy seems like he's been around uh, forever. Sorry, Patriot fan. I don't mean to throw shade at uh, Brady. Anyways, I mean... Uh, and Brady and guys like that are obviously a bit of the exception to the rule. I know that uh, professional football, for example, is an extremely brutal sport. And, and most guys that, uh, that that play professionally only last a couple of seasons. And uh, the guys that have the mega contracts around for a long, long time really aren't uh, the, the, the norm. So, I mean, uh, a guy like Tom Brady is uh, a bit of a fluke in that category. But in, in Formula One and, and, and in racing, it seems that um, that the guys are being, racing longer. I mean, because in the old days, I mean, uh, I don't think, uh, well, I think I know for a fact that Michael Schumacher was the guy that uh, that really changed the whole approach uh, to, to Formula One as a driver from the fitness, the nutrition, the whole complete approach that uh, he took to the sport. It wasn't so much, uh, you know, show up on uh, testing or qualifying or race days, whatever it might be. You know, you're going out and drinking beer and smoking uh, in between and all that sort of stuff. I mean, he really brought it to the the, the next level. And that, that was the model, the example that, uh, that all these guys have uh, followed since. And I mean, when we look at these guys, I mean... They are in an amazing physical shape. I mean, they're more like fighter pilots uh, than, than than athletes. I mean, with the uh, what they have to go through. I mean, they're amazing athletes in, in their own right. But these guys that are top level um, uh, racing drivers, uh, the, just the G forces and everything that they have to put up with uh, in the car. I mean, it is physically demanding, unlike uh, any other sport. But the thing is, too, like uh, with uh, Fernando, I mean, he's he, he is a little bit older, but I mean, he is still just as quick as he's ever been. So it would be interesting to see what he could do in, in a good car. I mean, uh, the, the obvious link would be for him to go back to McLaren because they kind of left that door open. So who knows? Uh, that would, uh, of course, mean that uh, that uh, Carlos Sainz or Lando Norris wouldn't uh, be coming back. I'm not sure what their contract status is for 2021. And uh, would you uh, possibly want to um, punt one of those guys to the side, uh, say, if they are under contract for 2021, if uh, Fernando says that uh, he's interested and he wants to come back? Anyways, Hamilton, talking about the interest in his seat, had to say, quote, It is an interesting time because there's a lot of drivers who are seeking positions everywhere. I'm talking about the calls total gets from every driver, including the one who was just up here recently asking to come. Everyone is trying to leave their team to come where we are, which is understandable, uh, which is an understandable thing because everybody wants to win. They want to be part of a winning formula. But I don't think it's a stressful thing at the moment. There's always a clear pathway of communication between myself and Toto. There have never been any secrets and that won't change. And I think uh, that is another uh, big thing that, uh, that that will really uh, decide what happens uh, with uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, and his uh, decision to stay with uh, with Formula One, and that is uh, whether or not uh, Total Wolf, <clears throat> excuse me, decides whether or not he wants to stay or go. And there, there's been this story that he's been loosely linked with the top job at Formula One to replace uh, Chase Carey, and that story's been out for several months now. I mean, that goes back to the summer at least. And it's kind of popped up again in recent weeks, and 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 Toto is kind of he's I wouldn't say he's out now rubbished it, but he's downplayed it uh, quite a bit, saying that uh, he isn't really uh, all that interested uh, in it. But he has uh, copped a, uh, or dropped a couple uh, real big hints uh, this uh, this uh, week that uh, he is going to stay. 
as team principal as uh, at, at Mercedes, uh, despite this constant uh, chatter or uh, rumors, whatever you want to call it, about uh, him taking over the top job at, uh, at Formula One uh, from 2020 on uh, onwards. Uh, anyways, uh, when he was asked about his future, he told Motorsport.com, quote, what I found out is that I enjoy the relationships within the team and the relationships that the decision makers in Daimler. That is a fundamental part of my well-being. They have really trusted us and given us all the room that we need to make this team successful, and I'm not taking it lightly to come up with the right decision for all of us. This is a process that's going to take a bit of time, but I don't see it surprises as it stands. So, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you look at what they've done at Mercedes over the past uh, several years, I mean, it really has been unprecedented, and then, at least in recent years. I mean, we've seen teams dominate in Formula One before. I mean, you go back to Ferrari in the early 2000s, uh, you look at McLaren in the 80s. I mean, different teams have had their, their, their time in the spotlight. I mean, that's just a couple of examples. But what really sets Mercedes apart uh, for me, I mean, I've been watching uh, Formula One since I was a kid growing up in the 80s. And of course, when you're young, you see it in a little bit uh, different eyes. But especially now with uh, with all the coverage you get is different uh, from, from back then. But the thing is that that really strikes me every time I watch a race and every time that they win, that this really seems like a group of people to me that really enjoys going out. And they seem just as happy uh, winning this race for the... 99th time or whatever it is as it was the first time i mean they they really look like they're having fun going out there and they 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 love racing and love winning and uh, it it really sounds at least from the outside that uh, they really have a good thing going and you can see from total wolf from his uh, point from his position of uh, team principal that when you have the backing of uh, a major company like uh, daimler and they're willing to put in the 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 money uh and 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 the support and whatever they need and uh, give them the freedom to go and do what they want i mean that really is uh i wouldn't say it's a carte blanche well it is to a certain extent but i mean that is uh, part of the framework that has really set this uh, team up uh, for uh, all the success that they've had but i mean when uh, when toto kind of dr- drops that uh, that hint and says that he doesn't see any surprises coming that uh, that sounds to me like a guy that's uh, pretty happy to stay where he is and, and keep doing what he's doing for a little while longer at any rate. So moving along, talking about uh, Hamilton's rivals, uh, the Christian Horner team principal at Red Bull, he believes that he doesn't see any reason why the top drivers would want to change teams in uh, in, in 2021. And that includes uh, Max Verstappen, which uh, drives for his own team uh, right now. I mean, uh, the, Total Wolf said that last week he believes there's a, 20, a 75% uh, chance of uh, Hamilton staying. And uh, Hamilton, if, if he retires or if he goes somewhere else, uh, Verstappen, you'd have to think, is the guy that uh, that uh, Mercedes would want to go go after. I mean, that would just seem logical. I mean, Max is just, I mean, he, he is a world champion in, in, in waiting. All he really needs is the car to, to do it. I mean, Red Bull have been good. I mean, he's, he's got, he's won races. I mean, he's had some fantastic uh, outings for them over the past uh, several years, but I, I don't think that um, it should come as a shock to many people that when I say, I really wonder what Max could do if he was in a really good car and not just a, a Red Bull. And I don't mean to rubbish them or, or talk them down in any ways, but the, the it <laughs> we've seen how dominant Lewis Hamilton is in a Mercedes. Could you imagine uh, what, what it would be like uh, with uh, Max Verstappen? It would really be uh, something uh, to see. I mean, uh, Leclerc, that he's out of the equation. I mean, he's he's Ferrari's guy. He's the future of uh, Ferrari. And um, Vettel, I think, is uh, obviously, I think, 
I think his window with uh, of opportunity at uh, Ferrari to win a championship has has passed. I, I don't. I really don't know what to expect in terms of whether or not he'll stay beyond twenty twenty, and if he does, what sort of role he'll have with the team. You know, I, I could see maybe them offering him a, a reduced contract. Maybe he would then become the, uh, uh, you know, the the official number two guy to uh, to uh, Leclerc. But that, that's something else. But. Uh, I think it's a kind of a bold prediction on the part of um, Christian Horner to say that uh, he doesn't see uh, or he expects all these top guys are going to stay with the, with their current teams. I mean, they're... I really understand that uh, that point of view. I mean, it would really take something to to, uh, to shake it up, but I think it really depends uh, what's going to happen. I, I think that uh, it's 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 not set in stone. Like I was uh, saying uh, a little bit earlier, that uh, that the Lewis, I think that there, there is a, something to this uh, Ferrari story. And like I say, I mean, if he wins the championship this year, he ties Schumacher at seven driving for Mercedes. Then I'd say that there's there's some smoke to that fire to uh, to uh, to Mercedes, and then also um, uh, what uh, what um, uh, Verstappen was saying is that uh, his uh, future at uh, Red Bull really hangs on their start to, to, to 2020 next year. And that uh, to me seems like a, a very logical and a, and a very it's what you would kind of expect him to say. I mean, they have to come up with something special. I mean, he got a couple of race wins this year, but again, it wasn't so much that Red Bull were that much better. It was just that Ferrari were that much worse. And when Ferrari kind of got it to, together in the second half of the season, I know there's that whole discussion we can have about the uh, the illegal uh, oil burning and all these um, you know shady things they are alleged to have been uh, doing with the engines. Let's just put that to a side and just take the other conversation they were for a while a little bit better than uh, than everybody else. I, I know it was a very short, a small window, but the thing was that when they kind of reasserted themselves or, or got back on track, they were better than Red Bull. The, the, the Ferrari's problem was that they just did not have the downforce. They didn't have the grip. They, they just didn't have the cornering speed. And it took them two thirds or three quarters of the season to be able to match Red Bull in that. I mean, their straight line speed, that was uh, without question the entire year, but they really got the, uh, the, the concept on the, uh, the SF90 wrong. And uh, so it did kind of uh, give opportunities uh, to uh, Red Bull in that way. And I think that uh, that's, I don't want to take anything away from them because they were the second best team after uh, Mercedes. But to to go from there to really do something that's really going to impress uh, Max Verstappen and and his team. Uh, and, and again, just a, a little bit of a going off on a tangent here. I don't understand why every time there is a race, why we have to see uh, his dad, Jos Verstappen, in the pits. I mean, he's a retired Formula One driver. He's uh, Max's dad. Yeah, it's kind of cool because he's a second generation driver. But, you know, we didn't see lots of pictures of like uh, Keke Rosberg uh, when uh, when Nico was in Formula One and stuff like that. I know he was kind of, kind of uh, was a, a way out of the picture, but you, you know, get what I mean. Why, why do we have to see Yoss all the time? Anyways, <laughs> rant over. Anyways, um, but uh, th- that's the thing. I mean, they're going to have to do something special to really put, uh, you know, their their best foot forward and really make an attractive offer to, to Max. And I mean, it's only going to partly be money. I mean, uh, <laughs> Max's future is uh, set. He's going to be in Formula One for a long time. There's a lot of money left to be made, but you know that he knows that he's good I mean there's no question that he's good and uh, we all know that he can win races we all know how fast 
fast this guy is. We know that he's got that uh, he's got that edge. He's got that grit. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's landed him in trouble. This uh, bit of aggressive nature that uh, that he has. But I mean, that's just uh, the kind of driver that Max Verstappen is. I think it's not just the uh, completely the rashness and uh, uh, what do you want to call it the uh, the impulsive nature of youth that's got something to do with it. But I mean, Max is just uh, one of those guys. He's an aggressive driver. You uh, you leave a, a bit of a gap open uh, you know you leave an inch there he's going to see it as a mile and he's going to stick his nose in there he's going to try and put his car up the inside and, uh, and and pass you and I mean he's made some impressive uh, passes on guys over the years passing in places and at times that uh, a lot of people don't expect so uh, you know that uh, he knows that uh, that that he has uh, the, the talent to do it uh, to win uh, races in Formula One and of course uh, from there this is the obvious statement of the, the show tonight uh, that race wins and more of them that you get do lead to world champions their championships so the best thing that uh, that uh, red bull can do to keep him there for 2021 20, uh, and beyond is to really come up with a good car for for next year and they did make uh, improvements this year i mean I know that uh, Honda's statement about a year ago was that they wanted to deliver them or, or, or have an engine package for Red Bull that was going to at least keep them on equal terms or same sort of footing that they were the past couple of years with uh, with Renault. And they, they totally succeeded with that. But I think that uh, even though it took a little while for them to get that first win, they did, it didn't come until Austria, but Mercedes was running away with it uh, at, that, at that point. I mean, they won those first eight races uh, and, and, and they got beaten outright. Uh, uh, Max was just better that uh, combination uh, in Austria that day of Max Verstappen plus Red Bull plus Honda was the one to have. And I mean, he goes on and gets a couple more wins uh, as the season goes on. And that has been kind of the theme that the, that the past uh, several years, Max would get a couple of wins, Ricardo would get a couple of wins, we'd see them on the podium from time to time. But if they really want to keep Max here for the long term, they're going to have to be able to go beyond that. Uh, they're they're going to be able to, you know, take a season where he might expect to get uh, two or three wins and uh, be, I don't want to say a footnote, but it's kind of in the conversation, but more one of those kind of interesting facts. So, yeah, it was kind of cool that Max won whatever, two, three, four races this year, but still didn't have a legit shot to, to win the, the, the championship because he was still like 200 points uh, behind Lewis Hamilton uh, at Mercedes who ultimately went on uh, to, uh, to do it. So for them to, to really uh, take it to the next level, they're going to have to really prove to him that they can break out of that and go the, the step further, not just to make it, okay, well, I won three races last year, but now we won four or maybe five. He's really got to see that there's something there that uh, that he's going to um, realize that okay, well, if we're going in the right uh, direction and we're closing that gap to Mercedes, we can be as fast as them or faster, and we can win races. And I really see myself as uh, winning a championship here. So we'll wait and see. That uh, to me seems to be a bit of a. Uh, it remains to be seen, obviously. But anyways, um, Hamilton, or not Hamilton, uh, Verstappen, he's uh, getting the, the, the props that uh, that he deserves. And, uh, well, let's just say that Horner's trying to kill him with kindness. I mean, he's, uh, you know, Max is uh, saying one thing that uh, the start of 2020 is going to have a, a lot uh, to, to do in deciding his uh, future with uh, Red Bull. But on the other side, uh, Horner is coming out and saying uh, things in the media uh, that uh, that you need to. I mean, uh, you want to make sure that Max knows he's the guy, that he's valued, that he's important there. And and uh, Horner had to say, quote, I think it's been Max's strongest year in F1. Three pole positions, albeit we kept only two of them. Three victories, nine podiums is a really impressive performance this year. I think the way Max has driven as well has been very, very positive. 
I think overall, it's been a more consistent season. We had some good results. But for me, that is also a pretty natural thing where just by experience, I think that just helps you get to, to deliver more co- uh, constant results. So yeah, that's that, that's true. But you know, the, the interesting thing is, and I'm, we're going to talk more about the uh, the F1 Drive to Survive uh, series a little bit uh, later on, but uh, I thought it was uh, you know an, an interesting kind of look uh, last year in the first season they came out when it was all about the, uh, I mean, the story at, the, at that time up until the middle of the summer in August when uh, when Danny Ricardo said that uh, he decided not to uh, renew with uh, with Red Bull and was going to go to Renault instead but it, it was interesting to get uh, some of these uh, behind the pictures or behind the scenes things I remember I think it was at Monaco and I think that he was either reta- talking to Ricardo or his parents I think it was he was talking to Danny Ricardo's dad and just uh, Horner that is and just uh, re- really uh, going on how much he admires him and all these different things and I mean he he, he knows the, 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 the right things to say and how to say it and I mean it is important I'm not saying that that uh, he's being insincere. Not, I'm not saying that uh, by any means at all, but you know that that is the the, the thing that uh, the people need to know that they're valued and appreciated uh, wherever they are. And that I, I don't think that is just uh, for uh, uh, sports, but uh, I mean I think that's uh, at any walk of life in any uh, company and uh, any uh, walk of life. I think uh, people need to know that they're uh, appreciated. So uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting one uh, to see it. And he's going on and he's uh, doing the and saying the same things uh, for Max Verstappen. So I mean, they are going to try, obviously, to uh, to, uh, to to sign Max Verstappen, and it will be kind of interesting to see who blinks first in this um, th- this silly season uh, for for the twenty twenty one market. Uh, who's going to sign where first? And I think that will really dictate uh, as to whether or not uh, it's going to stay the same as Christian Horner predicts, or if one of these big names manages to sign somewhere else and then that kind of snowballs i think that uh, the longer it goes the longer it drags out the more likely it is that the status quo will uh, remain the same and uh, guys and teams will want to get uh, things locked down for for 2021 and uh, beyond anyway so time for a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, fernando alonso so don't go away we'll be right back passion drive and patience The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back to Scuderia F1 here on the Overtime Media Network. Talking about uh, Fernando Alonso, we were just talking about him a little bit uh, earlier in the show. We were talking about him uh, last week. And um, this is a a bit of a funny one. Uh, This uh, was a story I found on motorsport.com. And uh, it's entitled, uh, Alonso Hits Back at Self-Centered Suggestions. And there's kind of a funny picture of uh, Fernando sitting on the the, the podium with a, a bit of an 
agonized grin on his face. Uh, let's uh, put it back uh, that way. So, anyways, uh, the, the gist of the uh, the story is that uh, he um, uh, had to answer back at some of the suggestion that he's a, a self centered driver, and uh, but he did go on to say that uh, he was never involved in any of the kind of troubles that uh, at Ferrari that uh, they had uh, this year uh, with uh, Leclerc and uh, and um, and Sebastian uh, Vettel. So, well, that is true. We have to give him that. Although, uh, you know, let's just say that. His uh, first season uh, with uh, Lewis Hamilton was uh, way back in 2008 or whenever it was. Yeah, well, well, I mean, they didn't crash into each other or anything on the track, but let's just say uh, there there was a fair amount of uh, friction uh, between them. Anyways, uh, at the uh, the FIA Prize Gala in uh, Paris last weekend, uh, Alonso was uh, asked about that. He had to say, uh, quote, I think the reputation is always one thing and the facts are different. When you see crashing teammates and things like that, as we saw this year, and you see every year between teammates, then my images, you will see the slipstream I gave at Monza and the slipstream in Spa. I know these collaborations, so when we talk about reputation, it's better if we look at the facts. So Alonso goes on then to elaborate that uh, that he doesn't have any problem jumping out of the car with his teammates, Sebastian Buemi and Kazuki Nakajima and, and, and all these different things. And uh, that he, kind of, he really kind of talks himself up, uh, up a little bit. I mean, I know there have been these uh, suggestions out there, but uh, I always found it a little bit amusing, especially when uh, when uh, he was having the problems at, uh, at uh, McLaren. Not just him specifically, it was just uh, when they were having uh, the, the, the first couple of years of Honda engines and things were going wrong. He would always, uh, I'd find on the radio kind of talk himself up and always lay the uh the blame squarely at honda which you know i think was fair to be quite honest i mean the they were basically developed the engine on the track because they were just so far behind all the uh, the other teams i mean really was a, a huge risk that uh, that didn't pan out for them but uh, Fernando doesn't have any problem, uh, you know, talking himself uh, up to a certain degree. So I'll, I'll put that one out to, to you guys. What do you think? Do you think that uh, Fr- Fernando's self-centered reputation is uh, deserved or not? I- I'm somewhere in the, in the middle. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, Ferrari and team principal uh, Matteo Bonato believes that uh, Ferrari don't need what he calls severe changes uh, to uh, avoid the errors that really cost uh, the team uh, throughout uh, the year in uh, in 2019. And, well, I think it is interesting, but uh, a lot of the things were self-inflicted, let's be quite honest. I mean, somewhere by the drivers, somewhere because of the team, some of it was because the car wasn't all that great. But uh, Bonato had to say, quote, I think each single mistake, if you tackle it from a lesson learned point of view, you can improve yourself. I think there's nothing that has to be changed of big uh, changes severely. I think it's a matter of experience. We always said we are a young team, especially in the roles. We are on a very steep learning curve. So it's really a matter of making sure that whatever happens this season has been addressed. So that that's very good. I think that's a, a, an interesting insight into uh, what was going on there. And that is true. Uh, I think that they are, in some respects, a, a young team. And they... <laughs> They did okay, but doing okay isn't good enough to win a world championship in Formula One. Be it in the constructors, be it in the, uh, the the drivers' world championship, you have to be better than just okay. And uh, for most of the season, they were just okay, and at, that was at the best of times too. And if it wasn't for, for the, uh, the 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 bright light of uh, Charles Leclerc, then I think it would have been, you know, a pretty dire season for them indeed. I'm, it's a, it, I know that hindsight and uh, is twenty twenty and all that, and we we could sit here and speculate. Well, what it would have been like if uh, if Kimi had stayed for, for another year instead of going to uh, Alfa Romeo, and well, I guess it's a fair conversation. But the thing is, 
I mean, Charles had a very good uh, g- good year for Ferrari. I mean, it was always going to take uh, a while for him to sort of settle in. I mean, he only had uh, one year previously in Formula One. I mean, it was a good rook- uh, rookie season in Formula One in 2019 with Sauber Alfa Romeo Racing. And I think he parlayed that very well into his, uh, his first year with Ferrari, his rookie year as a Ferrari driver, if you want to call it that. I mean, he, he made some mistakes. He had some, some times when the, the, when the, when the car let him down, uh, Monaco was one. I mean, that was just, uh, he, he just, the one race of the, 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 the whole year, his home race in his hometown. And it just, uh, you know, the, the, the car just uh, let him down completely, which is, a uh, so disappointing. But then you have Bahrain and then when, when the car let him down as well, but then on the flip side, you had, uh, the mistake he made when he crashed in, uh, in qualifying at, uh, the, um, Azerbaijan Grand Prix just before the castle there. But I mean, all in all, I mean, uh, Charles had an excellent uh, year this year and I can see that where, you know, Bonato says that they need to make some little changes here and there. I mean, they do have, they've got all the resources for Ferrari. So you know that there's very talented and smart people there. You know that budget isn't an issue. You know that, uh, that uh, getting drivers isn't an issue just like it is uh, for, for Mercedes. So it's just managing all these little things. I think for Ferrari, like, like uh, Bonato says, it's all uh, in the, in the details and they don't need to make any uh, big major and severe changes. I think that uh, they've dealt with the issue of uh, Leclerc and Vettel. They, they did it after Brazil. They, they said they did it behind closed doors. They have, haven't disclosed what the uh, the results of those meetings were publicly that they had individually and the, then collectively as a group and I think that's a good way to, to to handle the situation but you know I think that they really need to focus when it comes down to them I think that uh, the uh, the idea that they had the concept behind the SF90 was just flawed obviously it didn't work and it was just uh, because uh, Mercedes uh, just uh, couldn't get their car dialed in uh, during uh, winter testing that made the Ferrari look that much better. And of course, once we got out of the the, the quote unquote the uh, the winter championship into the real championship in uh, in in March in uh, Australia, that uh, the, the car's true colors really showed themselves. The, the Mercedes was good, and the Ferrari wasn't very good at all. And uh, it it took a long time. And by the time Ferrari was able to figure it out, it was it was over. I mean. Uh, the, the world championship was pretty much uh, decided by the beginning of the summer. I mean, there, there was still, I mean, obviously Hamilton had to cross that theoretical line, that mathematical line that, okay, nobody more can catch me. But by the time we got to, to um, let's say the European season that, you know, eight wins in the, the, the beginning of the season, they were so just dominant and uh, nobody could defeat them that, it, it was going to take a, a miracle of uh, of gigantic proportions for for somebody else other than a Mercedes driver to, to to turn it around. I mean, even Valtteri Bottas driving the same car as Lewis Ch- Hamilton couldn't catch him, but that's a, a different story. But uh, Ferrari, they, I think they need to regroup. They need to refocus. But um, they're really, I mean, they're starting to um, really plan ahead towards uh, next year. And I'm really curious to see how it's going to go because they believe uh, that they've got a, a, a car that's going to be a contender for, for next year. And they've uh, already committed 
to the reveal date uh, for their new uh, uh, um, their new contender for next year, and they uh, launched um, their car th- this year on uh, February fifteenth. But uh, they did uh, tell Motorsport.com this week that they're going to be unveiling the car uh, on February eleventh, which is eight days uh, before uh, testing uh, begins. So uh, Bonotto says that they're going to launch uh, the car very early, and uh, he said uh, he believes that they're going to be the earliest out of all the teams. Uh, so uh, he he goes on to say that the the reason that they're having such an early launch and unveiling is uh, that they want to move on and uh, do some uh, dyno testing uh, before they go on to um, uh, Barcelona. Uh, well, it sounds like, uh, from, from what he's uh, been saying, what I've uh, read elsewhere, they've got a, a pretty intense, uh, uh preseason, uh, winter testing, uh, going on. And, uh, so that's uh, going to really, uh, getting the, the early launch and all the, the, the fanfare out of the way early will really let them, um, uh, buckle down and focus on what they need to do. Anyways, uh, I got a little bit out of order in my notes there, and uh, we were just uh, talking uh, just now just about uh, Charles Leclerc and the excellent uh, season that he had this year. Anyways, he said, uh, and this is Charles himself, said his first year as a Ferrari driver was better than he expected because he didn't uh, believe he would uh, score such uh, good results in, uh, in, in 2019. And again, I mean, it was almost uh, unprecedented that uh, that he moved up to, to Ferrari after just uh, one season in Formula One and uh, that just that one year with uh, Sauber. And uh, I mean, that's why I think it was so disappointing uh, Bahrain when he had the mechanical problems at the at the end of the race because I mean he almost he should have won that uh, that race from a uh, pole position, and uh, it, it took quite a long time before he was able to to get that uh, that that first win that, that came in Belgium after the, the the summer break in in August but i mean he scored seven poles which was more than anyone else and uh he had uh, he had uh, two victories eight podiums and he finished fourth in the the the, the championship and 24 points ahead of uh, Sebastian Vettel as a teammate i mean uh, Vettel had his moments again uh where he he had uh, obviously he had some car problems and some uh, issues of his own and then uh in in Montreal he fell afoul of the uh, the, the the stewards because uh, he went off the track uh, going into the chicane while he was leading Lewis Hamilton, and then was uh, he was penalized for that uh, you know unsafe uh, reentry to the track and all that. So, I mean, Charles he had an excellent uh, season. I mean, he's he's proven, and we just knew last year how good this guy was. I mean, he was so much better in that Sauber than his teammate uh, Marcus Ericsson that. Uh, that just uh, you just knew that this guy could probably go out there uh, with anything on four wheels and uh, you know, fly around there and uh, just uh, set some incredibly uh, quick uh, lap times uh, for a Formula One uh, race or a qualifying session, whatever it might be. So it, uh, I think he was uh, rewarded uh, for his efforts uh, this year, and I'm very impressed. Um, and 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 much like I, you know, I sing the uh, you know or praise Max Verstappen or laud him as a, a future uh, Formula One world champion is. Uh, the the thing is uh, for me that uh, that uh, Leclerc is very much uh, cut uh, from the from the same mold and uh, just going back to the email that uh, Richard LeBlanc said uh, sent us on one of the other uh, items that he put in there is that the uh, the possibility of uh, Verstappen going to Ferrari, which uh, could be uh, seen as a replacement for Sebastian Vettel, and then uh, sets up what he calls a, quote, fiery combination of Leclerc and Verstappen. <laughs> and, well, I mean, uh, that would be fiery because uh, those two guys uh, did have a couple of comings together throughout the year, and uh, that's really setting up uh, for an interesting rivalry in the future, and that's one that we have to, uh, I, I think, look forward to uh, in the years to come. Whether or not those two guys uh, would uh, function together in uh, in a team 
That is um, that is a fascinating uh, scenario. I, could you have two alpha dogs like uh, like that in a team? I mean, Max is a little bit more. I mean, he, he's not quite as chill as and, and relaxed as uh, as, as uh, Charles Leclerc is. But I mean, on the track, I mean, uh, they they do like they, they let their driving do the the the, the talking. And I don't know whether that would be um, one of those situations where they would work well together or that has a potential to be, say, a, um, a Hamilton and Rosberg. Although, I mean, that's maybe not a fair compa- or comparison because, I mean, Nico Rosberg was good, but he wasn't Hamilton-level good. I mean, that to me, having uh, Verstappen and, uh, and and Leclerc in the same team, that seems to me to be more like a Prost-Senna kind of pairing. I mean, uh, both of them multiple world champions. And uh, there, there was some fire there. I mean, uh, Senna, the one guy that uh, that he just did not want to yield any uh, or, or give any quarter to was uh, was Alain Prost. And I, I kind of wonder whether uh, if uh, we were to see uh, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc in the same team, that, that it would be a similar kind of situation. Anyways, uh, time for one final break here on the podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, just a, a couple of uh, items to go through as we start to wind down the show this uh, week. Uh, going back to uh, Mercedes, they say that they will be in Formula One for the long term if they're able to reduce the con- uh, contribution from uh, Daimler. And this is according to uh, team principal uh, Total Wolf. So um, earlier this year, Mercedes uh, accounting revealed that uh, in 2018, they revealed a net co- contribution from Daimler of uh, less than uh, 40 million pounds with uh, the Formula One prize money and sponsorship. Uh, which uh, footed the most of their uh, their their budget. So they have uh, shown no signs of wishing uh, to withdraw or pull out of uh, Formula One after uh, next season. I mean, they, they've talked about it uh, occasionally that uh, they they may pull out um, of uh, Formula One, but it, it wasn't so much uh, a threat that uh, they didn't like the discussion or the way that the discussions were going. But it was just kind of more. It seemed like a, a reasonable kind of thing uh, to, to say was well, if the new regulations uh, don't uh, suit us and uh, maybe we'll have to rethink uh, our uh, position and uh, and uh, decide whether or not we want to stay here or not but I mean, I, I think I think it's great news uh, if uh, they they want to stay in uh, Formula One for the for the long term. I know over the uh, the, the years I've um, complained from time to time that I get a little bit bored uh, watching them win each and every weekend, but Formula One needs. Uh, teams like this <laughs> needs teams like Mercedes again uh, they are a, a just a, a fantastically uh, organized team they got some great drivers uh, it's a fantastic company brand recognition um, around the world obviously and uh, they're, they're very much a benefit to, to Formula One I think that uh, I don't think we can really lay any blame at their at their doorstep uh, that that they're they're ruining the sport. I think that um, they their success is uh, the result of some very very hard work, and um, and uh, and on all the uh, the research and development that they put into these cars. They've had some great drivers uh, over the years, and they continue to do so. And it's very much that uh, that the Mercedes is the best. They're the uh, the, the one winning all the champions uh, or championships and all the races. It's time for somebody to to, to step up. So it, um, it it's promising to hear that they're going to be uh, around because I couldn't really picture Formula One uh, without them uh, very much. Like I couldn't uh, picture Formula One without uh, Ferrari, and that's why I think that it was uh, this whole uh, process of um, the, the the whole discussions that have gone on for so long about the uh, the, the rules and the future. Formula One in 2021 
was was fascinating from many aspects, and, and least of all because it was the the, the first time on record that uh, Ferrari had not threatened uh, to pack up their toys and go home because it seemed like any time there were any discussions in the past that uh, that that was their default uh, stance was oh well uh, this uh, this uh, agreement's coming up we're going we're 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 going to pull out a formula and we don't like it because of this or that every time something seemed like it was up in the air then more often than not uh, there there were threats from uh, from Ferrari they were going to withdraw I mean they changed coffee vendors okay well we're going to pull out a formula okay. I'm just being silly now. Anyways, Lewis Hamilton said that uh, 2019 went from a, quote, heap of a car to best season ever. And uh, he was just uh, referring to the uh, the W10, uh, which um, obviously won them a heap of races this year, pun intended. Anyhow, uh, Lewis had to say, quote, when we started the season, our car was actually a real heap to drive. It wasn't that great looking at uh, testing. We couldn't get it quite in the window. And it wasn't until the last day that we got it to work. And when we went to the first race and we already had some great uh, results. It's been a good year. It's been the best year, I would say, in my whole career. So <laughs> it's interesting how it went from one extreme to, to the other. And uh, they really... Um, they continue to be the gold standard. I mean, love them or hate them, uh, they they really do uh, set the, uh, the the bar very very high, and I think that's why it's been difficult for so many uh, other teams uh, to to catch them over the years. It's just that uh, they are just so good at what they do. Period. Anyways, uh, talking about uh, a team uh, that wants to be like uh, Mercedes is a team that's going to get to Mercedes engines in 2021, and that's the McLaren. And they are planning a massive uh, departure with their new uh, Formula One uh, simulator. And that's uh, according to their new uh, technical chief, uh, James Key. So this year, uh, McLaren had a very, very good year. They were fourth in world championship. They were regulars in Q3. They were, for the first year, well, I mean, they've been slowly getting better over the past couple of years. But this year was a a marked improvement uh, for them across the board. Like I say, I mean, they were regulars in Q3. Uh, Number of uh, double points finishes. um, uh, Carlos Sainz uh, got a podium in uh, Brazil, okay, be it uh, a little bit after the fact, uh, because Lewis Hamilton was given that uh, that uh, penalty for crashing to Alex Albon uh, at the end of the race. But anyways, you, you get a third place. It is what it is, uh, no matter how you get it. But I mean, it, it's been the culmination of uh, a bit of a long process uh, in which um, the CEO, Zach Brown, has put some very important people like uh, Key into the organization. Andreas Seidel's another one, uh, team principal coming over from the Porsche LMP1 project. And and um, they're, they're going in the right direction. And uh, fourth in world championship uh, for them is, is very, very good after the, uh, you know, the, the nightmare and the hell that they've been in for, for many, many years. I mean, let's be honest, as good as this year was, there's still a long way to go for McLaren. I mean, uh, there was the one podium that they got. They still have in my mind at any rate, uh, a bit of a quantum leap that they need to achieve before they can even become a uh, regular uh, challenging for, uh, for podium. So they have to go from where they are now, uh, fighting with the likes of say, uh, uh, Renault, uh, Toro Rosso, those sort of second tier teams in formula one, they need to bridge that gap 
and cross the divide and uh, start to fighting it out with teams like Red Bull. And that that seems like a very big thing to ask. But slowly but surely, they're they're getting it done. And uh, they, they do. And one of the things that they, they said is that they were looking to, to put uh, like a lot of uh, resources into their uh, the, the development of the car for next year, even if it might compromise their season this year. They're, you know, they're, they're not really staying uh, faithful to, to one concept. They're really thinking uh, or they're, they're really... Uh, open to looking outside of the box and and coming up with an uh, orthodox uh, solution. So the thinking for me is right. They're not just um, have a very narrow and a very linear approach to uh, what what they're looking to do there. And this is just uh, another example of it. And uh, Key goes on to say, quote, we've got a new driver in the loop simulator. It's a massive departure to what we've been using. It's a project that McLaren pioneered a long time ago, but it's also been recognized now that the world has moved on too. And that's a big project with the team. I'm hoping it will come on by next year. So uh, their simulator was one state of the art and uh, developing a new version of it was uh, one of the the number one things in the uh, the area of technological uh, evaluations. And again, like I was saying that uh, earlier in the show about uh, Mercedes and the relationship that they have uh, with with Daimler and the trust and everything that they put in uh, in Total Wolf and the organization to do what they do, I think that uh, that that uh, that uh, at McLaren, uh, Zach Brown has done a very good job uh, and and very quietly I think as well that uh, slowly rebuilding that uh, that organization from from the ground up, getting good people in at key positions and letting uh, them get about uh, with, with their work. I mean he, he you know, I don't think he really goes uh I don't I don't think he wants a lot of pub, uh, publicity I think that's something else I think he just uh, appears to me at any rate just be a guy that just uh, goes into work sees what needs to be done and just uh, really focuses on, uh, on on what the ultimate goal is and I think when you look at these uh, key appointments uh, throughout the organization that uh, that he's clearly uh, doing that and, uh, and and each one of these um, you know people that he brings in is just another step uh, another piece in the puzzle of uh, the, that vision that they have and working towards the goals uh, that they need uh, uh, or they want to meet in formula 1 like i say phenomenal year Great year for them uh, this year, but still a long way to go. Anyways, uh, you know, just moving a little bit laterally uh, from from uh, from uh, McLaren to Williams, another team that uh, used to be a competitor, a main rival of uh, McLaren way back in the in the day, and that's Williams and uh, Sir Patrick Head, who was the uh, the, uh, the the chief designer, the uh, the big tech head there back in the day. He had to say that uh, Formula One uh, needed the um, regressive rules for Formula One uh, by reducing engineering freedoms. And he says it's a necessary evil to stop the spending uh, wars from uh, ruining the sport. And it is, uh, well, I mean, the thing is the, the new regs for 21 or 2021 are aimed at making uh, the, the, the racing better. And, uh, you know, they want to uh, reduce the, the arrow wake and the, uh, the, the dirty air behind the cars so that they can close the gaps uh, between them. And uh, therefore, if you can follow the car uh, in front of you closer, therefore the racing will be closer and that'll lead to uh, more uh, opportunities uh, for, um, for overtaking. Anyways, um, had had to say, quote, I think from some point point of view the engineering side engineering side it's regressive really unfortunately but ultimately motorsport has become far too expensive and the difference between the top teams and the teams lower down is too big we need to have more teams racing together i think the people involved have done a good job i wouldn't say it's unfair to say it's been uh, dumbed down because definitely the cleverer engineers will find ways and means of making a difference but uh, there are certainly not quite freedoms that were there when i was more involved 
So, um, yeah, that is the, that is interesting, and I think that he makes a, a, a good point, and that uh, that the the cleverer engineers, as he put it, will find ways and means of making a difference, uh, and and finding these loopholes in, in in the regs and a way to exploit them, or just uh, are just smart in the way that uh, they go about their design, and uh, maybe not exploiting the rules uh, per se. But uh, just uh, finding a way to uh, make their design and work them uh, to the most uh, optimum within the regulations. Anyway, so going from uh, from Williams and uh, Sir Patrick Head to uh, Racing Point, and uh, their technical uh, director Andrew G- uh, Green believes that uh, the 2021s are, uh, cars are going to be quote. Uh, nasty pieces of work to drive and uh, he believes this is uh, due to the airflow that will come off the the, the front uh, wing that uh, will make them uh, unpredictable and he says quote I think there are areas that could do with being freed up around the front wing around the front of the car I think it's incredibly restrictive to the point where it's really going to hurt the handling of the car it's going to be a real nasty piece of work to drive I think it's something that if they allowed a little more freedom would allow us to sort that out but still retain the intent of ground effect car and low following weight so it, it is interesting uh, to hear that uh, that that a guy like uh, like Green uh, believes that uh, that these new regs, um, although they're well intentioned, um, you know, aren't uh, they're going to be producing quite amount uh, of, of dirty air. So again, we'll we'll have to wait, wait and see uh, how it uh, how it pans out. Uh, everything is uh, of course all theoretical at this point. And, uh, well, we got another way, a year to, to wait and see and uh, see how uh, reality uh, comes out. Anyways, uh, Chase Carey, the, the, the big boss at, uh, at Formula One, uh, said that uh, the sponsor's interest has been on what he calls a steady rise in Formula One. Uh, he said it's proved a little bit harder than expected uh, to sell major sponsorship uh, deals. But he said that interest from potential partners is, uh, is on, the, on the up, uh, which, is, which is good. I mean, uh, Formula One needs exposure, needs sponsors. And... Uh, um, he has not really added to the core group of what they call the global par- partners uh, that were put together in uh, uh, Bernie Ecclestone. And these are the companies like Heineken, DHL, Pirelli, Emirates, Rolex, some fantastic brands in there. But uh, there are some rumblings that uh, on the inside, some hints that uh, maybe one major name is going to be announced uh, for, for next season. Um, so well, we'll see whether or not uh, that comes to be. So, but I mean, like I say, I mean, sponsorship and, and Formula One, it always seems to be the luxury brands and things like that. That uh, sort of goes uh, hand in hand. Anyway, uh, Louis Camilleri, the uh, Ferrari chairman, uh, praised, he's full of praised uh, uh, Liberty Media and what uh, they brought to, to Formula One. And he thinks that the uh, the Netflix series Drive to Survive has uh, really boosted uh, the, the sports uh, image. And I mean, if, if you have Netflix and you haven't seen Drive to Survive, it came out uh, about a year ago. It was uh, last winter. I don't remember if it came out before or after Christmas. Anyways, it's like eight or ten uh, episodes long. And it it's, it is a recap of the t- uh, an entire 2018 uh, season. It's a little bit disappointing because uh, th- that year the big fight was between uh, Ferrari and Mercedes and not, neither of those teams participated officially in uh, in it and any any clip you see of Hamilton or Vettel or Kimi Raikkonen or Bottas or any anybody involved with uh, with those two teams is just sort of standard uh, you know news fit footage and in uh, the media scrums and uh, and news conferences and stuff like that and it, I mean it, it sort of 
I wouldn't say it takes away from it, but it's not as good as the rest of the series where some of it's uh, really, uh, it's it's candid, it's frank. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Gunther Steiner, team principal, has. He came out of that one a bit of a, a rock star when people got to see what he was like. I think that uh, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff with uh, with Danny Ricardo and like the the whole thought process and the the whole um, the the whole uh, the, the whole saga, if you want to call it that, the whole thing that he went through when he went to uh, made the decision to uh, switch to Renault. That was interesting to see, and I thought one of the the best parts was the uh, the, the the animosity and the uh, the low key the, the low grade aggression, if you want to call it that, between Christian Horner and Cyril Abitaboul from uh, Renault. No, that was uh, fantastic uh, to see as well. But I mean, all in all, I mean, it was it was a great uh, series. And then this year, I think that with the the, the season that's going to come out, season two, uh, whenever that's uh, going to be, I mean, no official date has been announced yet that I'm aware of. And like most of you, I'm on Netflix um, <laughs> probably more days out of the week than is a uh, is a uh, probably healthy. But uh, that is what it is. But uh, if if it's anything like uh, season one, and this year you have the uh, the added uh, boost of having all the teams uh, involved including Mercedes and Ferrari, I think is uh, going to be uh, really, really good. But uh, Camilleri really thinks uh, that uh, that that series really did uh, boost Formula One. And I, I think it was good. I mean, if it gets other people interested in it, and I mean, for, for someone like me, who's a hardcore fan, has been a fan of Formula One for decades, I really, uh, I really got immersed in, even though, uh, you know, it, there were so many different storylines going on and there was a little bit of racing. It was kind of cool to see how it all kind of wove in uh, together because, I mean, when we're going in to watch that series, there was nothing that was really a surprise from the point of view of what happened on, on the track. I mean, they kind of bounced around. I mean, it wasn't kind of like uh, like a, a linear kind of progression from Australia all the way to Abu Dhabi. It did kind of generally follow the flow of the season. But uh, it was uh, pretty cool how they kind of uh, wove it all together and uh, and all the stories that uh, that we talked about, not only on this podcast, but a lot of things that happened in races, a lot of the news stories that made the, the headlines over the course of the 2018 season. It was really cool. So I'm really looking forward to the, the, the new season, season two of Drive to Survive, and I hope that uh, they're able to, uh, to keep it going beyond this year and into 2020 and hopefully for a lot longer. Anyways, just a, a couple of quick things here before we, uh, we wrap it up. Uh, the uh, the F1 teams have unanimously decided to reject the uh, Pirelli 2020 tire specs or they're going to keep uh, with the, the 2019 uh, spec instead. Uh, Ferrari, they didn't seem, uh, or sorry, uh, Pirelli they were a bit nonplussed about it. Uh, they were just like, well, whatever. And if they want to go with it, that's, uh, that's fine. If they want to stick with 2019 uh, tire specs uh, and compounds, that's fine with us because we just have to know what compounds and uh, we're going to be using for a for our tires. So anyways, uh, it, it didn't really get uh, lots of positive uh, reviews, but they've uh, decided that uh, they're not going to go with it. And finally, Vietnam has uh, revealed an updated layout for for the circuit in uh, Hanoi at uh, the Hanoi City Track, uh, which is uh, going to now have an extra corner having 23 turns instead of 22, which is going to increase the length of the lap of just uh, to just over uh, a hair of uh, 5.6 kilometer long. So it was triggered uh, by logistical and geographical reasons uh, 
and uh, this was um, this was made because following a request from the uh, the FIA and Formula One. So it's uh, it's also been, uh, parts of the track has been uh, widened uh, widened by about uh, eighteen uh, sorry fifteen meters, and uh, the added uh, corner which will be finalized in January. The the big change to it, uh, like I say, it was it was widened by about uh, fifteen uh, meters. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it uh, as much as uh, I, I'm a bit of a traditionalist and I love the Silverstones and the Spas and the Monzas and uh, and all the historic tracks in in Formula One because it, it's part of the the DNA, part of Formula One's genes. Uh, I do like to see uh, different places, uh, different uh, exotic uh, uh, you know destinations, and uh, you know I, I start to smile when I think about some of the places I want to go and watch a uh, a Grand Prix when uh, when I, when I get an opportunity. So it's it's always going to be a bit different, and we don't know what what it's going to uh, what to expect with the uh, with the new track. But it is an interesting kind of layout uh, the the way that it goes. There's a, a couple of very long straightaways and uh, some very tight, twisty uh, technical sa- sections. But uh, all in all, it uh, looks like it could be uh, interesting. So really looking forward uh, to that uh, that that race and. Uh, well, I don't want to talk about too much longer, but uh, <laughs> it's still uh, still a long way to go. But at least uh, it's going to come uh, the, the the race in Vietnam at uh, the, towards the beginning of the season, and it's uh, scheduled uh, to go on April fifth, twenty twenty. Anyways, that's a, a good time uh, to leave it. Uh, I thought that uh, if I was able to get thirty minutes out of the uh, the, the show this week, that would uh, be great. But we're up over an hour, so like I said, uh, right off the very top, there were lots of things uh, to talk about, and uh, was really glad that it worked out. Anyways. If you heard anything on the show uh, that you'd like to talk to me about, you got any feedback, comments, uh, anything at all, just uh, you, the easiest way to get is get in touch. Email scooteriaf1pod at gmail.com. And uh, you can also tweet me on tw- the Twitters at scooteriaf1pod. Again, thank you for downloading and listening to the show. If you want to do us a solid and uh, help us grow the show, easiest way is to uh, leave a, a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you download and listen to podcasts. And that would really be appreciated by us here. And and uh, would uh, be very, very kind of you to, to consider that and, uh, and to do so. And we're very appreciative of anybody that uh, that has uh, left a five-star rating and review or any review at all. Uh, feedback in any shape or form helps us uh, focus and improve the show in any way. So we appreciate uh, all your thoughts and comments and emails and tweets whenever we get them from you. Anyways, I've said enough. Enjoy uh, the rest of your week. Enjoy the holiday season. And we'll talk to you guys again this time next week. That's a wrap. I'm out of here. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.